This is Total Retail Tech Insights. The content retail executives need to optimize their use of technology throughout their organizations. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. I'm Joe Keenan, Editor-in-Chief of Total Retail. I am joined on today's episode by Seb Reeve, who is the Director of Market Strategy at Nuance Communications. We're going to be talking to Seb today about a, re- a recently released report from Nuance Communications, how retailers can leverage AI for superior digital CX, and some of the uh, highlights and some of the valuable information that's included in that report, as well as uh, just kind of an overview of the Nuance Communications business and how it can help retailers. So thanks for joining me on today's episode, Seb. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. So as I noted, I want to talk a little bit to start about the recently released report uh, that Nuance Communication has put out into the market in collaboration with Total Retail. Again, the title of that is How Retailers Can Leverage AI for Superior Digital CX. It takes a look at um, how technology and specifically artificial intelligence can be a real uh, tool in creating trusted customer journeys through connected experiences, automation and human touch with a specific, specific look at kind of the, um, you know, the, the full uh, purchase experience from uh, discovery all the way through to post-purchase support. So um, it also includes some best practices for AI-enabled CX, uh, and as well talks a little bit about creating uh, secure shopping experiences, specifically with the use of uh, automation and uh, artificial intelligence. So a uh, general overview there around the, the report. Um, just curious and interested in getting your thoughts, Seb, in terms of uh, some of the highlights that were contained in the report and what you think might be interesting for our audience. Yeah, it's a good question, Joe. I think uh, for your audience, uh, you know, the, there's been a huge shift, of course, in consumer expectations in the last 18 months, uh, especially for consumers now wanting digital first experiences, you know, when they're dealing with retailers. So, you know, from our perspective, we wanted to share how, I, I guess, the trifecta of conversational, personal, and as you mentioned, secure experiences can help uh, the retailers out there in your audience to tap into those new expectations to, you know, to drive increased loyalty, revenue, and and obviously figure out how digital is going to work with physical stores and, and deliver, you know, efficiency and cost savings and all of those things as well. So I think that's really what the report's all about. And just getting into the fact of why such a research, uh, resource is important in, in, at the moment, you know, obviously there's been a, a huge shift in the retail landscape, you know, um, uh, it's kind of been trending in this direction, but obviously accelerated by the pandemic and becoming much more of a digital first landscape in many regards. Tell us a little bit about kind of why Nuance, um, you know, invested in such a, a resource and putting that out into the market and, you know, the, the, the general emphasis on, on digital and, and how your organization can help there. Yeah, as you say, say I mean, there's no, nothing new about the fact that consumers have been shifting to digital for for a long time it's just the pace in the last 18 months i think that's uh you know moved things along so i keep reading that that we've shifted in dig- digital adoption or usage three to five years in the last 18 months um and certainly you know if you kind of look at some of the stats out there online sales are up what 39 40 percent uh compared with last year and 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 retailers what we're hearing is retailers are, are, are feeling the pressure in terms of how to both understand that that the pace of change and, and, the, and the demands that are coming towards them. Um, uh, but also, you know, it's in the light of the fact that they're, they're also trading in very difficult circumstances and have been for a while, from the, both from the pandemic pressure perspective, but, but also with the increased competition of, 
over the top players like Amazon, for example, right? So Amazon now now opening stores, getting into apparel and grocery and all sorts of other things, uh, which you know wasn't their their stock in trade before. Um, uh, interestingly, though, across the market, e-commerce is still only about 14, 15 percent of the U.S. retail market. So, so, so at Nuance, you know, we we focus on understanding those customer needs first, um, helping our customers, you know, retailers uh, understand those customer needs, so you can start to transform, you know, your 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 retail, your digital and physical experience together. Try and figure out how to get the you know the best of both as the as the path forward for for the most consumers out there, um, and we wanted to convey sort of how not only those experiences but our our technologies our innovation can kind of help fuel those um, expectations and those experiences that consumers want today right so let's figure out how to get them what they want online or smooth the path to the store, and as I mentioned earlier you know really from a retail perspective drive you know, business upsides, you know, real, real revenue improvements or efficiency gains is what most retailers are looking for whilst they're navigating these, these murky waters of the, of the new consumer expectations. And we're going to get into the consumer expectations in a second. I just have a quick follow-up on that last point, Seb, in terms of, you mentioned it, it's, it's inner integration between the two channels, online and offline, digital um, being the connection point in a lot of cases, and the report delves into this too. It's not just the transaction. It's not just the commerce activity, but it's all these other digital interaction points that consumers are, are having with retailers and brands, you know, from customer service to, uh, you know, their, their questions, their interactions, they're looking up information, product information. Tell us a little bit about that in terms of um, the digital interaction that you're seeing and, and why it's so important to have, um, you know, an optimized experience for the customer, as you noted, across both channels as well. Yeah, I think the journey is the sort of key, the key word there, Joe. It's, um, you know, not just, as you say, at the point of transaction or post-sale support, but but all the way through to the beginning of the journey with, for, for, uh, of the consumer with the brand. You know, in the end, I think what's what's still true and is probably, you know, increasing over time, certainly if you look at sort of younger segments, is, is people and customers want a connection with the brands that serve them, right? So... So they sort of really want to get sort of a, 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 a an easy experience with those brands that that kind of actually connects to 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 what they're looking for. And you know, I think personalization, for example, is a, is a really important you know part to play across the entire journey. Obviously, at the start of the journey, you don't know a lot about consumers that you're doing business with, but but context is still you know incredibly important. Getting to know the people who are starting to at that point, discover your products and services on your website or, or you know, uh, or, or actually walking into your store um, and, and, and using that data throughout the journey to try and sort of fulfill the most frictionless experience with those with those consumers, you know. So I think that sort of it's, it's really about sort of using every point on the journey to help the next point on the journey as far as the consumer is concerned, but also as far as the brand's concerned as well. So you mentioned the convenience factor, obviously critical um, in that customer journey. The consumer is, is first and foremost at this point looking for something that's convenient for them. But you also mentioned another critical point um, in terms of personalization. Can you talk a little bit about customers' expectations around the level of personalization throughout that purchase journey, as you said, um, including post-purchase? Tell us a little bit about your thoughts there. Well, I think, you know, firstly, uh, a, a lot of the, uh, the stats out there really support the fact that, that a majority of consumers expect brands to give them more personalized experiences. 
I mean, I think to be honest, though, it, it's not really necessarily about the personalization per se, but but it's that sort of the fact that personalized experiences tend to be easier for for consumers, right? It sort of lowers the the bar of friction. I mean, I, I always kind of think of the the analog of you know having a conversation with a family member or so or, or your best friend, right? There's there's a lot of things you don't need to talk about because you share a huge amount of context together, right? So for me. It's about that ease of conversation, that ease of kind of, you know, working with a brand that can come from having that that high touch of context sitting behind every interaction. Right. So so friction, I think, is at the heart of it. Um, so it's a really important sort of brand stay focused on on that from from my perspective. But, you know, as I said, it's 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 really also about ensuring that, you know, we're not then asking you know, irrelevant questions throughout the journey. So, as you mentioned, post purchase. Um, we know what you bought. We 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 know exactly kind of um, uh, uh, how long ago and when that purchase was made. But too many brands actually still have a disconnect. So you know when a consumer calls in, we're still asking questions like, "Hey, what can I help you with?" Right? Yeah. Um, which you know, given the fact that I bought maybe an electrical good five days ago, there's a good chance there's there's an issue with that if I'm calling you five days after a purchase. Um, so that, that degree of personalization, that's not getting down to the, I know you Joe, but just, you know, from a perspective of just looking at the history of your purchase, um, I can see, and probably then into it, what it is you're, you're calling about. So, so that's it at, at its simplest. Um, obviously, you know, retail is not the same. There's, there's a lot of different kind of branches of retail though, in terms of, you know, uh, how this works. So we work also with, you know, very different kinds of environments, you know, for example, with the, the large telecom carriers who are operating obviously retail at significant scale as well but but that's a high repeat business right so people are renewing contracts with them um, a very cyclical user journey so a lot of the data you use can really help you you know when someone's contract's about to expire you know that they're probably going to want a new phone at that point and therefore there's a lot of information you can bring to bear to start to drive down you know the friction in the experience and hopefully drive up the, the conversion uh for for users and, and stop the losses in terms of people leaving you so so that's really yeah. how we see it right it's it's uh, it, it's it's about using data at the right points in the journey yeah using that data to create that engagement and ultimately to help drive loyalty uh which is the end goal for 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 all retailers um let's talk a little bit seb about how technology factors into this. So obviously, massive amounts of customer data that's being captured by retailers and brands across all of their customers. Um, tell us a little bit about how technology, artificial intelligence being at the forefront here, can help retailers and brands to, to meet these already high customer expectations. And they're, you know, the argument can be made that these expectations are even risen um, over the last year plus, uh, it's particularly when it comes to the digital experience. So talk a little bit th about that in terms of how artificial intelligence can really be a useful tool there. Yeah, well, without getting into the technology too deeply, but more importantly, sort of how it's used. I mean, I think it's good to think about where in the journey these kinds of technologies can add value. You know, and I, I usually think sort of, you know, let's put it really simply before sale, right? So customers in discovery mode in some way, shape or form. Um, lots of technologies there. I think first and foremost, one that's deployed very widely today, you know, things like targeting. So, so that's kind of really about looking for you know, behaviors on your digital estate. So for example, customers been on a web page for a while or has gone around the same page two or three times looking at products and doesn't seem sure of themselves uh, in behavioral terms. Um, you know, there are algorithms that can be brought to, to bear there which can, can proactively reach out to that user. And that can be just a nudge, right? We provide you a little, uh, a little bit of content that might help you 
you know, uh, understand what it is you're looking for, or maybe a little helper, or, or all the way through to a, a, a conversational experience with a chatbot, or even with a sales agent, right? So, uh, and that and that kind of a nudge at the right point in the journey can just help a user from 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 disappearing off your website, right? So, so those sorts of algorithms are taking a lot of the behavioral data from the from the channel, right? From in this case, the website, and, and figuring out who to target uh, and how to try and maximize, you know, that conversion and minimize having unnecessary interactions, right? You're trying not to sort of talk to people too much. So machine learning algorithms, AI, as you put it, um, are, are really good for that because they can kind of be optimized over time based on feedback, right? So how many conversations ended in a sale and what were the behaviors that led to that conversation? And let's train the algorithm to look for that. So targeting is, is a great way of kind of pushing uh, the right experience, to the right users at the right time to maximize uh, conversion, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, at point of sale, uh, things like chatbots and intelligent assistants actually, you know, put to really good use there. So, you know, obviously people, so-called cart abandonments really a, a lot of the time is just not having the right information or reassurance at that point in the process at transact point. Uh, so providing answers to questions about payment options or what your returns policy is, um, for example, at exactly the right point can, can just help with that loss, right? So obviously we don't necessarily want to use you know, live chat or, or, or expensive you know, personnel resources at that point. So we're commonly using intelligent assistants to do things like that, um, which they're really good for. Uh, and then post-sale, um, you know, when to follow up. Algorithms that can be looking at, you know, how long after buying that electrical good I mentioned earlier on, how long should we send a follow-up and proactively, rather than waiting for you to call us and say it's broken, why don't we you know, reach out to the consumer at the right time with the right experience to say, hey, is everything all right with that? Uh, Joe, are you, are you happy with the, you know, with the, with the new phone you bought or whatever it is and, uh, and, and allow them not to, you know, not to just sort of receive a notification, but have the two-way conversation if necessary from there with a lot of context. So, you know, during the whole journey, there are a lot, lots of things you can do you know, using technology, but just really ensuring you're, you're, you know, putting the right experience to the right user at the right time um, to deliver pretty measurable results in terms of, you know, as I mentioned. Yeah, conversion and obviously a cost savings tool too as well. Um, and, and, and to your point, using information to be proactive in, in creating that engagement, not waiting until the customer comes to you potentially with the problem, but you have this information, use it to your advantage um, and, and kind of, um, you know, delight your customers that you're coming to them, you're, you're addressing issues potentially before they arise. Well, notifications are great for that, right? Because you, you have all the context in that, right? If someone calls or contacts you, you have to go back through the whole, uh, let's ID you and figure out who you are or get your order number or whatever else it is. But if I contact you, uh, that context is inbuilt, right? So that's a, you know, that's a much better experience from a consumer because you're skipping all those steps of who are you. So um, that's really where I think notifications and proactive communications you know, really can help a huge amount. Yeah, it's a great point. So we've talked a lot about kind of personalized shopping experiences uh, that's obviously covered in the report as well and something that uh, Nuance is able to uh, facilitate. But the other piece of the report and another part of Nuance Communications business is, is um, security and biometrics. So let's talk a little bit about that in terms of um, how biometrics and behavioral data can be used to create those secure shopping experiences um, that consumers are, are frankly taking for granted now. Like they're not going to do business with a company if they don't feel that their data and their the, the transaction is going to be secure. So tell us a little bit about 
what Nuance is doing in that area as well. Well, yeah, I sort of talked about people wanting a brand connection uh, earlier on as well. And, and I think a huge facet to that is trust, right? People want to do business with brands that they trust and trusting to look after your data, for example, is a, a piece of this as well. But, you know, also trusting that, you know, you're going to protect me from fraud if I, if I, you know, give you my card details or whatever else. And, you know, the way the mechanisms we've all been using for decades now to try and sort of secure online transactions have tended to use pins and passwords, right? So, um, uh, and pins and passwords, let's face it, they're really not, they were never designed to, to be used at the kind of sort of mass market scale. They were designed to sort of, you know, secure a Unix system, <laughs> computer yeah, system right. 30 years ago, right? So the reality is, is, is they're generally not that secure. Um, they create a huge amount of friction. Uh, and because of that, they open the door for a lot of fraud as well, yeah. right? We're all using the same password and we're writing them down and, you know, making them as simple as we possibly can, despite the best efforts of organizations to make us change them and use alphanumerics and symbols and all of the other things they make us do, right? But that's all friction. So, so we're really about changing the equation there between, you know, how secure something can be and how much effort there has to be to get into it, right? And that's really what, to technologies like biometrics um, are really all about. So rather than having to remember things and, and write them down and do all the other things I just mentioned, it's just really based on you, right? So we could be using uh, different kinds of biometrics. Voice biometrics are used on certain channels to great effect. The banks are all using those actually now. Um, my voice is my password, right? So that's the characteristics of your voice. So I don't need to remember any particular passphrase. I just need to give you a sample of my voice saying a phrase um, and I can authenticate that way. So not having to remember things, fantastic. That's much easier. Uh, but as you mentioned, behavioral as well, there are degrees of, of, of security, right? We can also look at things like how do you use your device? So actually behavioral biometrics, how I swipe the, 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 my smartphone or how I use the mouse and keyboard on my on my laptop actually are are identifying right joe you don't use your your mouse and keyboard the same way i seb do um now you might not want to secure your life savings that way but to get to a you know you the history of your last transaction for example or, or get get access to support post sale yeah. could be perfectly enough to secure that kind of interaction so there's lots of different ways now to you know, to, to maximize or, or just provide access from a security perspective, but without all the kind of jumping through hoops from the consumer perspective, right? So that's really, you know, our approach and, and the way we try and look at it. So it's very design-led. Um, but of course, if you then really need to secure something, like I'm going to take a significant payment uh, from you or or, uh, or whatever it might be, then we could still fall back to kind of a, a more secure mechanism uh, as an extreme as well, right? So... Uh, the other, the flip side to that, however, is 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 really looking at, at fraud, right? The thing a password doesn't tell you is that it doesn't tell you anything about who's using it. So if it's Joe writing the password or if it's someone trying to pretend they're Joe using uh, the password, we don't know. Whereas a voice print actually doesn't work that way, right? I can tell it's you, Joe. I can tell it's your voice print, but I can also look in a watch list and see if that voice print belongs to a bad actor. Right. Someone we already know before has been trying to sort of extort money or, or claim an ID that's not theirs. So that's where it gets really interesting because, you know, one thing that has happened in the last 18 months during the pandemic, unfortunately, is fraud has gone through the roof. And most retailers are feeling pretty keenly lots of new kinds of fraud coming into their business that they haven't seen in the past. So 
So that's really a big part of our business is helping organizations understand and start to identify these new kind of uh, methods of fraud and fraudsters coming into their business. Yeah, certainly true in terms of the growth in, in fraud um, as more and more transactions have gone digital um, and retailers and organizations looking to mitigate that. Uh, the important part, and I think you talked about this well, Seb, is, is kind of striking that right balance is obviously you want to secure um, transaction and, and uh, you know, be preventing fraud um, and passwords at this point um, are not the best answer there, uh, but also um, not creating these, you know, making, as you said, the, the consumer jumps through so many hoops and making this overly stringent process where they're, they're just going to give up before they get to the end game and into putting in the payment information. So um, striking that balance where um, between the two is really critical. Indeed, indeed. So just kind of thinking and, and looking ahead a little bit, what in your uh, in your mind should retailers be thinking about um, as they look to take action upon um, creating these personalized, secure, and the other word, convenient and quick customer experiences? Um, what what advice might you have, or what should there be uh, a top of mind for retailers to be thinking about? Yeah, sure. I mean, we talked a little bit about technology earlier on, and and, and my advice is don't start with that, right? It's, it's um, you know, I'm working for a technology company. It might seem a little jarring for me to say that, but but in the end, it's it's really got to be about what the customer's getting out of it first, right? So, so really being as data-driven about that behavior side, what customers are actually looking for, what they're asking for, um, and using that sort of outside-in lens to, to, to drive the decision-making on how to progress. Right. I think you know, when you start with the technology, you, you're really looking from the inside out quite a lot of the time. So it's that outside in data driven approach, I think, is really, really critical. You know, if you're going to build a, a chatbot or an intelligent assistant, the right place to start is, well, what are people going to ask? Right. What, what is it they're going to say? So there are ways to kind of, you know, get an experience out to market where you get what customers are going to type or say to you. Like, for example, you could look at your, you know, ask your chat team. So, you know, they talk chatting to customers on text all day long, right? So that's great data to go figure out, well, what are the top 25 things that people are asking for and how many of those can we go and automate, right? Or, or try to. Um, and so that data-driven approach, I think is really critical, particularly with machine learning or AI technologies, they're all trained on data. So it's really important that you sort of go find that first. And so that's really looking, you know, from a data perspective, then second to that, again, don't go straight to technology. It's it's design sort of, you know, next, right? So thinking about, well, how should that manifest itself uh, to the user? On what channel are we going to try and sort of solve this problem? How is that journey going to, how is that going to be working within the consistency of the journey we're putting out there? So really through that journey design, that experience design lens, um, uh, then start to think about sort of who am I going to partner with and, and the technology side, right? So I think it's in that, that order. I see that the leading organizations are really adept at figuring out, you know, how to do things in the right way to sort of make sure that they're using that sort of data and design to drive the bus and figure out rather than investing in technologies that frankly don't work then and don't deliver results, right? So, um, and then just in terms of approach, um, you know, try and deliver value as early as possible, right? So it's not about solving you know all of the all of the CX challenges you have in one go, right? It's figuring out what the atomic, the the small changes sometimes that that can actually make a pretty big impact. As I mentioned earlier on, right? If uh, if you answer the right kind of 10, 12, 15 questions at, at, at the point of cart abandonment, you can actually save yourself 
a huge amount of loss in terms of revenue at that point in the journey. So I don't need to solve 27 other problems. Start with that one and then work out from there. So iterate from that sort of early value. And that tends to do a couple of things, right? It sort of gets your teams, you know, feeling positive about the fact that they're delivering something, but also from the management of your business, you start to get the buy-in, right? You start to get the budget based on that buy-in to do more. Uh, which in many organizations is the hard part, right? It's uh, it's not an easy process to get money. If you can show results first, you can generally find a quicker path to the checkbook. So that deliver value early and iterate. Um, you know, and, and based on just specifics, um, you know, from our perspective, you know, as I mentioned earlier, messaging and 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 chatbots a great place to start for retailers. We're all out there on sort of digital. Um, you know, launching a chat service and then starting to use the data from that chat service to automate um, you know, a, a little bit, some, and, and then more of that of that demand is a great place to start and deliver value. So, you know, that's kind of where we see the majority of the organisations we're working with, you know, begin. Um, but then, of course, they're expanding hugely from there now. So, you know, we've got a major fashion brand we're working with at the moment, global fashion brand, who are, you know, gone from you know, having an automated and live assisted um, uh, chat capability on their website, but they've expanded that now into Google Maps. So if you're searching for a store, you can click a button and get a pre-store kind of conversation right there, right? So do I need to wear a mask? Can I try things on? Uh, is the product in stock before I even get out of Google Maps? I've already figured out, you know, whether I want to still go to the store or not and where it is. So that's pretty cool. I mean, and I think that's where the sort of digital and physical experiences start to start to merge a lot as well. So it's so pretty exciting, I think. But yeah, yeah, start small, start small, get value and iterate from there, I think is the is the leave behind for me. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So uh, that's you know, just a super comprehensive um, answer there. And you provided a lot of great insights and examples even um, to how retailers can go to that next step as they look to optimize CX. Um, Another way, another recommendation for, for our audience would be um, in that uh, process of looking to optimize CX is to check out uh, the latest report from uh, Nuance Communications. Again, that's how retailers can take advantage of AI for superior digital CX. Uh, Seb, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about where they can find that report and how they can access it? Uh, sure thing. Um, so hopefully it's a little difficult to do in audio. I'd prefer to send you a link, but in audio, it's nuance.com slash retail hyphen resource hyphen hub. And there you'll find a ton of resources as well as the report you, you mentioned. So, so so go check that out. There's some great videos and things there's, as well. Uh, and then actually, if you, uh, if you like what you're seeing, uh, there's a contact us button. You can hit that. You can get in touch and, and we'd love to chat to you. Great. And I'll just add one footnote onto Seb's answer. You can also, as he noted, there will be a link in the show notes. So um, obviously you're listening to the audio um, for our podcast, but in that show notes, we will have a direct link to um, access the report as well. So uh, I want to take the opportunity to thank Seb Reeve, Director of Market Strategy at Nuance Communications for joining us on today's episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. Thank you, Seb. Thanks for having me, Joe. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at mytotalretail.com slash podcasts for show notes. Tech Insights is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Total Retail Tech Insights.